HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curtain. Hosted by Ann Saxelby. Broadcast live to the Cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Anne Saxelby. My co-host and producer is Sophie Schlesinger. Hello. And our wonderful producer and engineer in the booth, Jack Inslee and Carlos Salguaro. Give it up for those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we are really happy today to actually have real live in-studio guests. Um, we are joined by uh, Dean Sparks of NY Foods. Is it NY? Yep. F- okay, because I was going to say NY Milk, NY Eggs. Um, and he was uh, previously on the show, actually, when we did our State of Dairy episode for the state of New York. So we're very happy to have you back with us. You no, know, happy to be here. Thanks, Anne, for having us. Appreciate oh, it. yeah. No, thank you for coming. Sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about what's been going on with NY Foods. Um, I know when we last met, at least at my shop, you were, uh, Italy had just opened and you guys were supplying them with their milk and things were on the up and up and I, yeah, where, where, what's the state of affairs? It's great. It's been a crazy year. I mean, we, um, we opened them in August of last year and they've been using our milk over there for all their gelato. They also sell the milk and retail over there. They use our eggs for all their fresh pasta at the Fresh Pasta Station, and they also sell our eggs in retail there. So they've been just an amazing partner. Um, they've grown their, their volume. They've been really supportive of us. We've done some tastings over there. In fact, this week is uh, at Italy. Um, if people want to go check it out, this all week is like local New York producer week. And uh, they have huge specials on all the local food that they bring into Italy. And then they're, on Friday from noon to 6, they're going to have a a huge tasting event we'll be there you know offering all kinds of samples and things like that and and huge specials so people can like check out the food 
at a real reasonable cost and and see if they like it and stuff like that so they've been terrific and we've also added fresh direct you know they came on board since we've talked last and they've been a great partner super home delivery service that you know is really expanding its presence in new york and uh they've been great partners of ours um we also still at park slope and then we just started working with at the, the at the co-op in at the Park co-op Slope? yeah awesome and then um gourmet guild you know just opened they're a brand new place oh, yeah. over in williamsburg i don't even know this place this 100 broadway it's in a really great neighborhood it's a really small kind of really focusing on local you know products organic products um brand new place i mean they just opened two or three weeks ago great place to go check out if you haven't seen it already i am writing that down as we speak yeah and then we we partnered with blue marble ice cream which is a great company in brooklyn here and they're they're fantastic (laughs) and they're so committed to doing all their products certified organic and sourcing local dairy for that so we've been providing all of the milk and all of the cream for all of their ice cream production for the last year or so it's been a terrific relationship with them, and they're just growing and growing and growing. They're going to open another location in Tribeca this summer, and Fantastic. so they're they're a great company. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Their original location is on Court Street, right yes. around the corner from my house, mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah. My my favorite Blue Marble story is one time they were like just about to close. It was literally like you know ten oh one, and um, there was this pregnant woman that like walked in, and they like. But they were like, oh, she's pregnant. Like, she can come in. She needs ice cream. And I totally just, like, got in right behind her. (laughs) And they're like, you have no excuse. But I was like, I just love the ice cream so much. I always go in with the intention of just getting a single scoop, and I walk out with a pint, like, without fail. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. So um, tell us, um, how many farms are in your network? And um, are you guys operating at close to, you know, what these farms can produce now? Or are these farms still selling milk um, to other markets as well? Um, I mean, we upstate Niagara up in Rochester has been a great partner of ours. And we're up to, man, it's 27, 28 farms just growing like crazy. And our certified organic egg business has grown rapidly. We started out with one small flock and now we have really four flocks that are um, uh, raising eggs for us in a really amazing way. Certified organic, truly pastured animals. Um, they get outside all the time, even in the winter. Um, the eggs are remarkably better because they have all that outdoor access and they're healthy. They got lots of room to run around. Um, we usually like to have at least an acre for every thousand hens that they have, the farms have. So they have plenty of really fresh, beautiful grass to you know chew on all day, every day. And it just the difference in the quality of the eggs is amazing. The Cornucopia Institute rates eggs. And uh, <clears throat> right now, NY Eggs is listed as one of the top 20 in the country for the standards that we have our producers apply to how we raise animals. Really important all about the you know humane aspects and animal welfare but also just the opportunity for animals to you know be animals and uh, it's amazing how much better the food is when we create the right environments for them and so now are the farms that you're working with are these farms that were um sort of in a more commodity type business before that then made the conversion or were they kind of already on board with the kind of organic and animal welfare approved and humane and all that and then they just and then you found them sure it's been a mix i mean all farmers are different we've had a lot of conventional farmers come to us and say hey you know what do we have to do to become organic which is a blessing you know when you have farmers that are really starting to get interested 
interested in the organic movement and what do I have to do on my farm? What changes do I have to make in order to be certified and that kind of thing? And we always welcome that and really support that. And um, so, and then we've had some that have been certified organic for a long time. You know, my partner, Dan France, has been certified since 96 and I was certified in 98. So some of us have kind of been doing it a long time, but then there's a lot of people, a lot of young people coming to the party, which is really terrific. You know, we really and encourage now, that. And so. is it young people from like their family's farm or like or new folks or both? Kind of both. I mean, a lot of really young couples and people that are, you know, thinking about leaving the city and what do we, you know, what can we do? Upstate New York is such a bastion for amazing food right now. And it's not new to us. Um, I think it's new to a lot of people, but, you know, Faye is out there making yogurt. Chobani is out there making yogurt. Dave Evans is making Siggy's yogurt out there by me. There's so many amazing dairy products being made up there. The cheeses, as you well know, I mean, just some remarkable stuff. And so it's very encouraging to see young people really getting involved and and developing small farms and even farmettes. It doesn't take a lot of land to, to do something really amazing. And so... Farmettes. That's the first time I've ever heard that term. That's a good one. (laughs) So now, but that's a big job. Can you tell us a little bit about how you go about helping people with that, um, with the learning to navigate that process of how to become organic? Sure. I mean, we sit down, we usually get them in touch with NOFA New York. NOFA is the Northeast Organic Food Association. They do uh, all a lot of certification uh, in New York State, but there are other certifiers as well. So uh, we put them in touch with those people. My wife works with a lot of people. You know, she's got a lot of experience. So we do a lot of emailing, a lot of phone calls. Um, go and visit farms sometimes and sit with them and and talk to them and just get them kind of rolling down the right path and then usually you know they go from there so we always try and encourage people to to go organic it's terrific and and now that we kind of have this network we still struggle a little bit with distribution you know trying to figure out how to get all this amazing food that's made up there to you down here yeah Um, Mm -hmm. that's an issue and i don't know if it's ever going to go away and um we keep working on it trying to make it a little better and a little better and a little better so um we try and open doors for small people small farmers that are working on new products and help them kind of find the markets down here and figure out ways to get the food from up there to here that's that's a struggle i don't oh think man it's, yeah that, fight that's one of the, the biggest time. puzzle pieces for sure i was actually that um that ties in really well i was i was my brain was ticking away and i was thinking about just logistics in general for um production um maybe i was maybe you could speak a little bit about how and where you produce these products if they're um on uh one farm that agrees to kind of produce for everybody else or if it's a collective production facility that's not on a farm um and then, yeah, how do you how do you deal with the um, the transport of all these products? It's uh, it's a mix, certainly depending on what product you're talking about. But unfortunately, I I'm discouraged in some respects as far as the manufacturing. Uh, we want to have a lot more upstate presence, and right now there really isn't, especially in the certified organic realm, to do the fluid milk easy enough to do in a certified organic environment. Uh, some of the cheeses that are made are made in upstate New York. Uh, the butter that you guys are trying today is actually from our cream, but it's churned in a facility in Pennsylvania, then brought back. So again, when you look at the distribution and the logistics, and it's uh, our dream <laughs> to eventually have uh, one roof facility where we can manufacture our butter, uh, we can manufacture our milk, 
We can make blue marble ice cream there. We can do as a collective with some of the yogurt companies, the organic yogurt companies, to, to develop a small plant where we can all go in and process and manufacture all of our food much closer to New York. So we're always looking kind of for that kind of opportunity because one of the key things in working this business for a really long time that always comes up when you talk to people that are producing this food is I can't get it there in an efficient and effective and cost-effective way. I I don't know where to manufacture. I don't have a place. I can't manage scalability. Those are all really key components when you're talking about growing a brand is, you know, can you supply us, you know, and and bigger customers like Whole Foods and Fresh Direct, they want people to be able to supply them in pretty large volumes. So it's like kind of like our vision in 2012 and, and maybe up till 2015 is like, how do we get a facility where under one roof we can make all these great things and have the logistics be extremely viable to get it into market? I feel like that's the kind of wedge that keeps coming up in you know all of these shows that we've been doing recently, yes. and we're seeing it across the board too—not just in dairy, but in in meat and you know all other different you know types of food that's trying to get down to the city. So that'd be a right. really great. It may thing. be local, it may be certified yeah. organic, it may be the best thing since grandma's banana bread. But if you can't right. effectively get it to market and keep it in a cost-competitive environment then you struggle so you know that's that and scalability are the two kind of really key components so when we started this we talked to upstate and partnered with them and said look if we need to have you know 75 farms you know can you manage it you know yes of course and so we've worked with them all along to bring new farms on as we need more volume and that kind of thing and it's just been an amazing marriage and so we're able to grow this you know as large as we can grow it i mean we can go to 50 farms 60 farms and the whole idea the concept of what we started was to save as many small family farms as we possibly could and um and we're doing that and that's you know that's why i get up every day that's awesome yeah that is so hopeful you know it's funny we had a woman on the show um back in October Lorraine Lewandowski mm-hmm. um, June, she's oh, sure. a very and with Tia Tia was here y- yeah, yeah. Tia, yeah, yeah, yeah and um, you know we were just talking about you know those hopeful stories um, she was particularly you know excited about the Chobani plant and all the good things that have been happening with yogurt upstate but it's really great to hear that you know you guys are doing the hard work that's that's amazing yeah there's the disconnect is how do we do this stuff from soup to nuts and the nuts is you guys and the soup is what we're doing up upstate and how all that gooey icky stuff in the middle is Mm -hmm. the complication and so i started working on that literally like 10 years ago like how do we figure out how to funnel these amazing foods to consumers who are begging for them in really nice sized metropolitan markets and that's something that even you know today literally today you know we we struggle with and we have to figure out the logistics is the most complicated piece Mm mm-hmm and so I think it's, it would be great if we could get a consortium of small, you know, small people like Lorraine, like other, you know, small uh, producers that are making really amazing things to kind of work together collaboratively. That always seems to be the best way. And uh, I think there's a lot of people out there struggling with it individually, and it doesn't have to be that. You know, our companies could combine forces. We have a lot of volume to bring to the table now to, to make a difference. I'm so. wondering, what are some of the specific um, you know, uh, hurdles within that is it 
you know, actual infrastructure? Is it the certification process that you have to jump through? Is it size of, of the farm and it's just, you know, too difficult if you're a small producer? A mix of all these things? Simple or? answer is yes yeah. <laughs> to yeah. all of that. <laughs> I mean, there's so many challenges. Um, I think the biggest hurdle is, especially with fresh dairy, um, trying to get food down here quickly, mm-hmm. efficiently, smartly, cold. Yeah. Um, you know, all those things are really critical. So um, some kind of a, a better cooperative transportation system, I think, would be really helpful. They're doing some pretty interesting things in Massachusetts to to try and kind of bring a different model of how we bring our food around. Mm-hmm. And so we need to kind of turn that on its head a little bit and stop looking at kind of the standard way that we have these huge freight trucks that come and right. pick up lots of stuff and drive hundreds of miles. And it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think there's got to be a way for us to somehow reinvent the distribution system it's really not that far i mean my farm is is 150 miles from here yeah um but yet it seems to it's so complicated to get product down here and get it into stores and onto shelves and do it in a way where it's reasonable where people can afford to buy it Mm -hmm. we got to get those milk trains running again (laughs) (laughs) yeah we had a on the show this was one of the very first shows that we did um but this woman mary habstrit wrote a really fascinating paper about um milk trains in new york and how they used to work and all those buildings on the east side or on the west side of manhattan that are now television studios used to be um dairy processing plants where they would pasteurize and bottle and think about it. it existed once it could exist again yeah you know? i, I think jobs. that yeah there's so many amazing dairy people now that are making amazing things we just need to have someone kind of spearhead and i a project to get a bunch of these uh people together and figure out how to work together to to make this easier for everybody because yeah, I, I don't think to a person i've spoke with there isn't anyone that doesn't have the same struggle there's yeah. there's a good business to be had in the distribution side of this if somebody just kind of yeah puts puts it together and i feel like it would be like an independent person company that would go around and make all these rounds and you know by having that concentration of producers that you could go see you know yeah that would that would yeah no in massachusetts they just started this kind of project that where they have these little portals you know all over the state and farmers just bring their stuff to that portal it's nearby and they drop Mm -hmm. it and then there's someone else that comes around and gets it and moves it down closer to boston and gets it into the city and on the shelves so there's some innovative thinking going on and i think we want to you know figure out how to involve ourselves in in helping to to be part of the solution base of that yeah of that issue absolutely um well we are about halfway through the show so i think we're going to take a super quick break and uh, when we come back we will hear more from uh, dean about ny foods he likes bread and butter he likes toasted jam that's what his baby feeds him he's a loving man He likes toast and jam. Oh, that's 
Food's Market creates win-win partnerships with our suppliers, and we love to tell their stories. Hot Bread Kitchen is a non-profit, multi-ethnic bakery and job training program out of Manhattan, whose range of international breads are as impressive as they are authentic. Learn more at hotbreadkitchen.org, or visit one of our six Manhattan locations for a taste. Yeah. Fifteen years ago. All right, we are back. So we're so excited. We're just in the studio yakking about talking about well about my grandma June actually. <laughs> Hi, grandma. I know she's listening. <laughs> she just called the studio and uh, actually she grew up on a, a small farm outside of Milwaukee and used to um, accompany her grandfather to the uh, the the milk train. They would take the cans of milk down to the platforms and leave them there for the train to pick up, and then she would get to eat ice cream for breakfast, which was her favorite part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring back those days. Yeah. I know. Uh, yes, yeah. it was that was good. Um, so ice cream. We spoke about milk. We spoke about eggs. We spoke about. Um, tell us about some other things that are new for New York Foods. Well, the butter is new, and it uh, we put it out in an eight ounce for retail in October, just for the fourth quarter to see if people would respond to it. It's a ninety one percent butter fat and just so you know like the average butter that you buy at the grocery store is about an 80 percent butter fat so this is a very rich very concentrated very flavorful butter very high-end butter um and we put it out um in october for the fourth quarter and people have responded in droves we're doing really really well with it and the one pound units we sell um to a lot of chefs in new york uh, but the eight ounce butter is, you know, really great for for people to be able to take home and try. It's um, and you guys are trying it. I guess you like it, right? We, yeah. we were, crazy, we so. admittedly dug right into it before the yeah. show. It was awesome. <laughs> and our egg program, we really started working uh, more. Uh, retail program is doing great through Fresh Direct and Italy, but we started working with a lot of restaurants too. Um, the Dutch now uses all um, all of our the eggs that they use at the Dutch is, are all of our eggs, which is you know a tremendous honor. And Daniel. Balut is is using some of our eggs at uh, at his restaurants and Sestina too. So we're um, you know really making um, a push to to uh, in, introduce ourselves to chefs and, and restaurants that really appreciate good local food and quality food and um, and it's been great. It's just that the response has been terrific. So we're really excited. That's great. That's great. And I mean you're you are like such a powerhouse. It's amazing because I feel like you spend quite a deal of time you know up uh upstate but then you're doing so much work down here in the city can you tell us a little bit about how, just how your week works i mean yeah. it's crazy it's nuts i mean i was uh, yeah it's um been a big change for me from going to from being a full-time farmer and raising a family to um kind of step away from that role and take on this one um a lot of farmers that in upstate new york that kind of sat down with us as a group we all kind of said well one of us is got to step away from farming someone's got to be the face of this business 
And um, and so I don't know. I drew the short straw. I don't know how you. You went to the bathroom. I they was, voted yeah. while you were gone. Yeah, no, the biggest blabbermouth. I mean, <laughs> I have a lot of passion for what I do, and I really, really believe in what I do. And I think people are really starting to respond to it, which is terrific. We kind of always thought that was going to happen. Um, so it's really exciting. And and so yeah, my week is weird. I, I used to be a full time farmer. Now I'm kind of a gentleman farmer in a sense. And <laughs> my oldest son is still on the farm so he does a lot of things for me so my life is very interesting i go from you know staying in the east village to going to my farm where the only person that goes by all day is the mailman no traffic so so it's it's great in a lot of ways i have kind of the best of both worlds i get to come to new york and enjoy the food and the company and the amazing retail environments the amazing restaurants the great people and then I get to go home to my farm where it's very it's solitude and very quiet. So I like having the ability to do both. I've really kind of enjoyed the last couple of years. It's been a lot of fun. Just, yeah. It's a nice mix. Yeah. Yeah. So. Living the dream. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. the best of both. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you, what other, um, uh, sort do you see other products for, um, NY foods in the future that you would expand into? I do. I mean, we see yogurt, we've been seeing yogurt. Everybody wants to do yogurt and it's Greek and it's this and it's that. And there's a lot of base covering there. Yogurt has been done in a sense and so we're kind of waiting for that one thing that really jumps out at us to say this is something that we could do to put a twist on Mm. what everybody else is doing out there and it's a very competitive market it's obviously a huge growing market the yogurt Mm -hmm. market just in itself grew 43 percent last year we were in new york too it's yeah it's a huge huge category yeah yeah we we got some stats from lorraine actually for our our, one of our last shows about how much yogurt is being made in new york state right now it's It's expanded like exponentially it's crazy and it's great and it's so terrific that they decided like the Chobani plant is up right. by me in South New Berlin very close to my farm and they employ so many people up there and they're yeah. using so much New York milk up there it's just incredibly great and so we're really glad that they decided to stay there they're going to build a new facility there to, to try and keep up with their demand their growth is ridiculous I mean they're taking tanker loads and tanker loads and tanker loads of milk every day um, they're going to add another 900 jobs up there and wow. in the, where we live so that's cool. huge 900 jobs i mean it's just can't even imagine how many people yeah. are in our little county it's a very kind of depressed area so it's just terrific and um and Faye has done the same thing and mm-hmm. siggy's and you know you look at a yogurt shelf today uh, just in a typical grocery store and probably more than half if it, of the of the manufactured in the united states comes from new york uh, hmm. It's fantastic, and so uh, if we, if that's how we get known, that's okay with us. I Maybe mean, it's a we great change, use for dairy. And, we could change the state motto to the yogurt state. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. It's terrific, and to encourage people in, to stay in dairy, even on small farms, and now to see that kind of generation or two behind us, you know, coming up and wanting to stay in the dairy business because of all this growth that's happening and maybe even venture out on their own and try and make a cheese or try and make a yogurt. I mean, really starting to see kind of entrepreneurial thinking, uh, which is terrific. That's awesome because, I mean, for so many years, the commodity milk market just put a stranglehold on everybody's kind of finances, on their creativity, I feel like just on their spirit in general. And, And to think that, yeah, there's there's that much kind of excitement and entrepreneurship and hope is, is just so great. And especially, you know, now with the economy being what it is, it's not like, you know, I think that being a food producer or a food seller anywhere along that chain, 
is actually a really attractive option because it's it's a sustainable, you know, it's a much more sustainable way to make a living. Certainly, and as organic, it's even better. I mean, we grew 14% in organic dairy last year. We grew yeah. even in the middle of the recession. We still had double-digit growth in dairy and organic. So I think there's a lot of people, a lot of things that people will compromise before they compromise how they feed their children and how they feed themselves. And so certified organic dairy, um, cheeses, you know, eggs, you know, anything in that kind of realm is something that's really sustainable and long term has a very positive future. So, yeah, that is so good to hear. Yeah. Wow. Well, did you have any other uh, questions, Sophie, or did you have anything else, Dean, that we, that you uh, want to tell our listeners? Well, tell them um, we didn't go over your website yeah. and how to find yeah, out more information info. about your company. And sure, it's um, www.getnymilk.com. Takes you to the website. Uh, check out freshdirect.com if you're anywhere in New York. They certainly would deliver um, all of our milk, uh, cheeses, and eggs right to your doorstep. And they're an amazing customers. So check us out there. And uh, we'll be um, at Italy on Friday from noon to six doing that tasting. So stop on by and you can try some of our food and uh, buy some at bargain prices and get a chance to meet us. It'd be terrific. Very, very fun. Cool. Well, Friday. I'm going yeah. to try trip. my best to stop by. Yeah, field trip sounds good to me. Great. Well, thanks again so much for, for coming back on the show. I hope you guys will join us again uh, when you're down in the city next. It's always great to talk with you guys. Thanks, Anne, so much for having us. We appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next week for another episode of Cutting you're the Curd. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby. You're listening to Cutting the Curd, hosted by Ann Saxelby, broadcast live to the cosmos on the Heritage Radio Network.